0: Hello everybody. This is episode 10 of Layman Learn Torah. I'm Celia. I'm Joy. Welcome back. Yes. Um before we start our discussion, I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge the amazing gathering of Jews and Jewish allies yesterday in Washington D.C. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it because now my nine-month-old twins got a little bit in the way. But um, seeing all We were all able the- to watch on the live stream. I and- heard. Yeah. Oh, um, I saw all the posts on social media. I saw the singing. I saw the powerful speeches. I saw the dancing. It was so heartening. And after what has been a really, really heavy month, it just was really nice to, to feel my heart floating for just a little bit.
1: Yeah. Also, our rabbi put out a really beautiful email this morning. Did you see it?
0: Not no. yet.
1: Where he was talking about the strength of the Jewish people really comes from our unity. And it's not really saying that, like, our strength is, like, this physical strength that is going to attack, which we will have to if we defend, but it really comes from our togetherness and God will protect us as long as we're together and for God. And, you know, we're, that's our unity and that's our strength.
0: Yeah. And, um, I also noticed something that we're going to talk about today about how, jews can approach their enemies or people that wish ill upon them oh yeah it's it was really i don't know the the parallels i was seeing were really interesting so we will send some messages
1: messages to what's his name yoav Gall. oh i don't know the, <laughs> the head of minister of, the, uh, of defense uh. we have some geopolitical ideas for you <laughs> um <laughs> all right so let's kick it off we are going to begin with uh chapter thirty one which is Lamed Aleph, we are right in the middle of uh Prashat Vae, and we are going to continue in our story with Yaakov. and see you know what's been going on in the house of Lavan and how his mistreatment eventually will lead to you know this his leaving yeah his leaving but also like a much stronger reaction where i mean he really can't he can't take it anymore and he's seeing like um
0: mistreatment
1: and, and a control. Changing, control and it, change in LaVan's behavior. Yeah,
0: it sounds like from the things that Yaakov is, describes in this chapter and from the way that LaVan reacts when he finds out they all left, like, he really had an iron, what is it called, an iron fist? Like a grip almost. Yes, iron grip yeah. on uh, Yaakov <laughs> and his daughters and... Um, and I think he wanted to keep that control for as long as possible because he could see that having Yaakov in his household was very prosperous for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's looking at
1: Yaakov like this lucky talisman, yeah. you know, like this Jewish and he little. Ain't letting that go. Yeah, the little bunny feet that you hang from your <laughs> car, you know, he's my yeah, lucky was lucky a charm. Bunny
0: <laughs> um. So I I actually love how it describes it. In the first pasuk, it says that he heard um, the sons of Lavan speaking, saying Yaakov took everything that we had. He he took all our possessions, and he could also see pene Lavan behine enen uimokit Moshil shom. The face of Lavan was not like the day before, uh, yesterday, and the day before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's. A really um, visual way of saying like, Lavan had completely changed the way that he looked at Yaakov. His his face literally changed mm-hmm. upon um, seeing him. I, I liked how that was described. Yeah, I mean,
1: well, right before this, in the end, um, at the end of uh, Pedic Lamed, which is uh, chapter thirty, we see that they separated their wealth. So it becomes very clear that. Yeah, is now the more successful one. Whatever he's doing is working much more than what Lavan is doing. And like you were saying, the the next generation, Lavan's children, they already don't know the history and have changed the narrative to the point where their reality is a completely different understanding of what actually happened. So and not only that, they're they're not corrected which is something quite dangerous. Right, Lavan lets it happen.
0: He, he lets did, it happen. Yeah.
1: Like, they're saying, Yaakov has taken everything that our father owns and everything that belonged to our father, and he's made all these riches. Like, they already are negating all of the agreements the that deals, his father has yeah. done. And so it's the second time, or maybe more, it's the second, t- second plus time, maybe, that we've seen that the next generation is not respecting... Past history, past agreements, yes, and oh, how I love that how easily the next generation can forget positive relationships or any you know understandings that two
0: different people can have, or that... even can misconstrue um an understanding, yeah. like yeah, yaakov has been working in our house and he's been working you know with us and for us but but he's starting to take it all it. It's kind of like one step forward with the bad intentions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's it's kind of the thing that Jews always had to deal with. Yeah. Like, okay, there are a lot of wealthy Jews. That means all Jews are wealthy and trying to control the the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, but what well, bothers me so much is that Lavan didn't correct
1: them. Lavan knew. He, he was that a his, standard, Everything yeah. that his son-in-law did and then he's not even standing up for him for everything that he did. And I think that that's really what Contributes to Yaakov seeing Lavan's manner. It says uh, Yaakov saw that Lavan's manner toward him was not what it had been. And I think it's directly after this situation where his Lavan's sons are saying, uh you know, he doesn't deserve this. This is all ours. He's stealing it. Yeah, Lavan kind of lets himself get convinced by his sons. Yeah, or yeah. or lets it go and he doesn't correct them. And all of a sudden, Yaakov. Uh, rightly so his you know inner alarm bells yeah, start ringing and he's like saying that i he's letting his son say all these things about me and this doesn't feel
0: safe for me anymore and i need to return home and so he sets up a secret rendezvous with his wives in the field where the great. flock was <laughs> yeah. and he said i have seen your father's face i see the way he looks at me he's not acting the same um and I think it's directly related to the next statement that he makes, but the God of my father has been with me. I I think that he, he's also making the connection of, I've been successful because my God has been with me. Mm-hmm. Like, this had nothing to do with me and my efforts, and this is all due to the God of my father. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes on to say, every... With every um, endeavor that I took or every time somebody tried to cheat me or every time I made an agreement, it always came out in my favor mm-hmm. because somebody was looking out for me. But
1: I also think this is a great moment where Yaakov sho- shows us what he values because he we actually get crazy details from Yaakov in his conversations with his wives. And he says, your father cheated me, changing my wages ten times um. So this is like new information. We actually learned that Lavan has been doing terrible things this entire time. Mm-hmm. But he said, but God has not let him harm me. One would think that if his wages, like that is harm. But Yaakov doesn't value monetary success as something valuable. And so he's saying, but my, maybe my convictions haven't changed. Right. My inner characters and strengths haven't changed. Um, I haven't been harmed by him because I don't value those things that he was trying to take from me.
0: Yep. And he still became wealthy anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then in Pasuk Yud, we have an interesting <laughs> uh, little tidbit. During the breeding season, I suddenly had a vision. I saw that the bucks mounting the sheep were ringed, spotted, and flecked. I had have a prophecy about animals mating. Oh. <laughs> <this."> <laughs> but then... Uh, right in the next, uh, pasuk, like while he's watching this weird scene over here, an angel suddenly comes to him and says to him, um, I, you know, this is a sign that I've seen everything that Lavan is doing to you because of all the drama we saw Mm -hmm. in the past, uh, with, um, the ringed and the spotted and the white goats and sheep. And and then he goes on to say, uh, you know, I'm witness to all this. I am the, uh, the God of Bet-El, where you anointed a pillar. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, Bet-El is where Yaakov fell asleep. Right. Um, he had the dream with the ladder. And, and Hashem says something like, I will be with you always. Remember we were talking a
1: while ago about how sometimes when you're reading Torah or commentary, or if you're slipping into like biblical criticism, the people have all the all of these negative things to say about the different names of Hashem mm-hmm but i th- I'm almost coming to the realization that when you when God keeps saying, I'm the god of Bit el I'm the God of your father, I'm the god of this i it's like obviously because he's the God of everything, right, so obviously something who's everything can have multiple names. It doesn't bother me so much.
0: He's like, I am El Shaddai. I am... I'm right. every. If God
1: is everything, then God can be whatever he wants, like say and whatever it also, he is.
0: And it also um adds another dimension to uh, the identity... Or how we should identify with Hashem in that moment. Yeah. So, for example, when it says, I am the God of Bet El, okay, Anokhi El Beth El, he's saying specifically, I am... The, the, the version of me that I want you to think about right now is the version that showed up and made you that promise mm-hmm. in that moment.
1: Or reminding you about when you came to me in that moment. Like, right. Like reconnecting Yaakov to that moment in his past where he's like, remember, I was there. You came to me. This is what you needed. I'm reminding you that I'm here.
0: Right. It's kind of like, um, I read a lot of books about dream interpretation and (laughs) I don't know. I just love dreams. Okay. Um, and a lot of the time these books say that if somebody else appears in your dream, it has nothing to do with that person. And it has everything to do with like what you think of them or what you project Mm -hmm. onto them or what you, the qualities in them that you love or hate and how it reflects the qualities in you. Okay. Um, so I feel like, here, it's kind of the same as what you're saying. Like, Hashem is saying, you're projecting onto me mm. the things that you need from me or the things that oh, I really represent good. for you in this yeah. moment. So so I feel like the changing names of God isn't a problem for me either because he is the God of everything. and. Sometimes we just need it to be narrowed down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's possible that Yaakov feels some
1: sense of fear because he's been living with Laban, I don't know how many years at this point, and he's probably nervous to leave um, and take his, you know, wives away. And God is reminding him, do you you remember that you made this vow to me and, you know, I'm here for you because I'm about to tell you, go back. And you have to trust me because this is... You know what you want for yourself, and
0: I'm reminding you that I'm here to help you. Right, and and um, when Yaakov tells his wives all of this, it doesn't sound like he's asking for their permission. But mm-hmm. uh, in the pasuk after, in pasuk uh, Yud Dalit 14, Vatan Rachel Lo Haod Lanu chelek venachala Bevet Avinu Halo Lo, like. We're also strangers in this house. Mm-hmm. He, he also cheats us, he mistreats us, he, he spends all our money, he mm-hmm. gave our um, he gave away all of our belo- like our anything that belonged to us, he gave them away. so whether he was asking for their blessing or not, his wives are telling him, we are a hundred percent with you. Yeah. we agree we are not fans of our father either yeah. and and wherever you go, we're going. Yeah, they have no stake in it anymore. They feel cheated
1: equally, um, and they're ready to go. And um, when they go, (laughs) um, Rachel goes and she steals her father's household gods. Um, I've read some interpretations here where it's possible that Rachel does not fully convert even though she's married. And so her taking the idols um, is really just her taking her gods with her. I don't love that interpretation. I want to consider her as, like, pissed and, like, wants to take... What- Sticking
0: it to her dad. Yeah, yeah, like,
1: whatever her dad values, she's like, you know what? I'm taking it. I'm still really
0: angry. Um, I actually read... So, so, I was never really satisfied by Rashi's interpretation. Rashi says that um, she was trying to wean him off of his uh, okay. idols. Yeah, No. But I actually liked what Ibn Ezra kind of said. He he says that these idols were his way of like fortune telling. They they were his way of asking the divine. They were his way okay. of um divination and she was taking away maybe his tool for figuring out where they are. Oh my god. Which I loved. <laughs> Who said that Ibn Ezra? Yeah. He's a cool guy. She was uh she was thinking ahead. That's funny. Yeah. Which also means that she kind of takes them seriously enough to think that they could give her father okay, which goes back to the original idea of like she is
1: taking those for herself, but we don't see her use them, yeah, she just hides them she, she just from hides them, but she doesn't destroy them, no, she ends up hiding them and sitting on
0: them. <laughs> And saying, I'm sorry, Dad, I have my period, I can't get up right now. Isn't
1: it so weird how the Torah keeps talking about women's periods? I know. What is this obsession?
0: But also it kind of, like, gave us a tool right. for the future. Uh-huh. Like, mm, I can't, I'm on my period. It also shows, like, from <laughs>
1: then, like, it's not really that big of a deal, but, like, we're going to use it if we <laughs> yes, need to. Yes. Um,
0: and also, like, you're like, imagining is- love on, like... Oh, okay, did not need to know that. <laughs> I, I'm backing out of here. <laughs> goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Um, okay. So they leave.
1: Um, And they leave with all that they had. And only after the third day, uh, Lavand was told that Yaakov had fled. So Lavand actually doesn't know this on his own. Maybe because he doesn't have these idols to figure it out. I don't don't know. But three days goes by and he doesn't notice that Yaakov, Rachel, and Leah are not there. And all of their things. I'm imagining that they live far away. Well, I I think think he was away at the time. Oh, was he? Right?
0: I think it says...
1: Oh, yes, you're right.
0: Laban had gone to shear his sheep. Yes. There was like a whole thing, I think, somewhere else. Okay. Um, so Lavan was away. He hears that his house has been emptied out and he takes his kinsmen mm-hmm. and runs after Yaakov for seven days and finally catches up to him at the Gilad mountains. Okay. And then we have like a little aside here in 24, Pasuk Hav be very careful right. about saying anything to Yaakov, good or bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I saw some commentary about them
1: referring to Lavan as an Arami in this in this instance, and how it's important to note that he's from another nation. So it's like kind of like this meeting between two different nations um because previously he was not referred to as an adami. like it's it's kind of like his name at this point okay um and how like it's important to know that it's two different nations having this conversation at this
0: point and separating them okay uh it doesn't say anything about how lavan reacts to this dream and then He proceeds to give, like, a whole monologue, but I love how it starts off. It's like, your God told me not to say anything good or bad, but here's my speech. Mm -hmm. Um, So he goes up to Yaakov. He says, how could you do this? You went behind my back. You took my daughters away from me. You left secretly. You... um... I would have sent you off with celebration and song, yeah. but I think he forgets that Yaakov had already asked him to leave and to go back to his home. And Lavon's like, "No, please stay." Yeah, this
1: guy needs a mirror. He is so self unaware, or he's lying. Either he's he has no idea the ramifications of the things that he says to people and the way that he treats people. So
0: manipulative. You R- didn't even right. let me kiss my grandson's goodbye. Yeah, and and like. Uh,
1: What's, where is he, what is he getting with this by doing this? Making them feel
0: bad? Yeah, I don't, or maybe making Yaakov feel like he owes him something. Mm-hmm. Um, says, I have it in my power to do you great harm. I can mess you up real bad, but your god told me not to. Yeah, and then he ends with, and why
1: did you steal my gods? And Yaakov answers him, and he's like, oh, um, you know, first I was afraid. Of, I thought you would, you know, take them, you know, your, kids away from me but i don't have your gods so like answering both of these questions saying obviously i'm afraid and i didn't tell you i was leaving because history has told me that you would not let us leave so we left anyway um but you know what as for your gods if anyone here has them then they should not live and here is the nail in the coffin for Rachel. We have the immediate foreshadowing of future events of Rachel's Ra- early death. Yeah. Rachel's early death, her untimely death here. And um, a lot of people make this direct connection of this moment and when she eventually dies um, later.
0: Which leads me to believe that it can't be the case, as Rashi said, that she was trying to wean her father off of these idols because wouldn't that be a commendable thing? Like, wouldn't the Torah look favorably upon somebody who does that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, So I'm feeling like because the Torah is not looking so favorably on Rachel here, maybe she didn't have great intentions with the Terafim. I don't know. It's possible.
1: But then I looked at this pasuk again, and I kind of looked harder at it. And it says, but if you find your gods with anyone here, they shall not live. He doesn't find them. Do you know what I mean? Let him
0: not li- Yeah.
1: If you find, not if they have, if you find your gods here, that person who has them will not live. Hmm. This is why I actually don't agree with the many commentaries that the rabbis give that this is the foreshadow. So I introduced the foreshadow because obviously that's what everyone has So stu- you're taking alcohol studies.
0: very literally.
1: It says, but if you find your gods with anyone here, they shall not live. And then we have Pesukim after Pesukim saying he, he doesn't find, <laughs> find it. He doesn't find them whatsoever. So, I mean, I think it's a nice, you know, through narrative of, like, she took them, she eventually dies. But he doesn't find them, like, if we take this literally. So I don't, I, I actually disagree with the rabbis here about – I think it's a nice way to read it. Um Okay. I just think it, if you really want to, you know, pick at it here, it doesn't really hold up to scrutiny. Okay. Um, so let's
0: see what happens. So he, he checks in Yaakov's all the tents. Tent, yeah. ja- Yaakov's, Leah's, the handmaid. He finds nothing. He goes to Rachel's. Rachel is sitting on a camel cushion. <laughs> um, what does that even look like? Uh, like a... A, a regular little, cushion? Yeah. Okay. And she says to her dad, Oh, don't be mad. I can't get up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm having a visitor this month. And yeah. Lavan's like, yeah, don't worry, whatever. He searches and he doesn't find anything. And upon the end of his search, Yaakov's uh anger is or, or he becomes galvanized in his anger, like, uh what? Well, uh, you see, like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. You came chasing me, yeah. He's like had this, it. you inspected all of my things. You didn't find anything. I didn't take anything that doesn't belong to you. I am an honest man. Like mm-hmm. he goes on this whole. I worked for you for twenty years. Oh my god, I'd I, love to have seen I, this. I, I know. He kept. He just keeps going on. Yeah. All that. I have a lot of exclamation points here in my tra- <laughs> translation. <laughs> All that time your sheep and goats never lost their young. I never took anything for myself. I never brought you an animal that had been attacked. I took the blame myself. I took all the weak ones. I gave you mm-hmm. all the strong ones. Um, I love this. By day I was consumed by scorching heat. But at night by frost mm-hmm. when sleep was snatched from my eyes. Yeah. All I imagine, uh, while I was reading this, I'm like, oh, he's describing anxiety. Like, <laughs> yes. I never slept. My stomach was a nut. Yeah. I thought about you all day and all night. Like, He's on another level. Oh, my God. You know when you're so yelling angry. at your
1: kids and then all of a sudden you're just like, you just keep going and you're bringing up all these other random things. Yes. So
0: like- I call it exorcist voice. <laughs> like when my voice gets up to that really guttural plane. You
1: don't know where you are anymore. I know. I think he's just, I he's know. just
0: had it. Um, 20 years now, I've worked for you, 14 for your daughter. Oh, so he worked for him for 20 years. You changed my wages 10 times. Then he brings in Hashem. <laughs> <laughs> so accurate. I know. And then, and then he only stops when Lavan interrupts him. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Then he spoke up, right? He had to interrupt him. Yes. And he says, the daughters are my daughters. The children are my children. The flocks are my flocks. All that you see is mine. But what can I do now about my daughters or the children they have born? Come, let us make a covenant, you and I. Let it be a witness between us.
0: It's a very begrudging admission. Like, everything that you have is mine. But what mm-hmm. am I going to do? Am I going to take them back to my house? Whatever. They're This yours is also now, so. such a parent
1: argument. Like, when they're fighting over, like, the remote or something. You're like, this whole house is mine. <laughs> I bought it. I decide who gets the remote? I decide when
0: the TV turns on. But if you're yeah. gonna be little assholes anyway, uh, <laughs> let's let's come to an agreement. Five more minutes and then you go to bed. Someone get a boulder, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Yaakov takes a boulder, puts it between us tw- between them. They make a giant pile of rocks, I guess, mm-hmm. and they call get- it w- Witness Mound Gal Ed. But there's two wor- there's two names here. Is this the first time this has happened? Oh, Lavan called it Witness Mound, but Yaakov named it Gal-ed. But doesn't Gal-ed mean the same thing?
1: I don't know. My commentary here says both ma- both ni- mean Mound of Testimony, the former in Aramaic, uh, the latter in Hebrew. Yes. I wonder if there's a significance here with Lavan's they're using an Aramaic name and Yaakov using a Hebrew
0: name. I think it's what you said before, like... The two different nations. Like, Lavan is being referred to as Lavan Arami now. And, yeah. And now it's emphasizing... Oh,
1: Arami Aramaic? Yeah. Oh, I'm so dumb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense.
0: So there, it's kind of like reinforcing that idea of now they can't even agree on a name and yeah. they're just going to stick to that boundary that they put between them. Yeah. And then they butcher an animal, they have a meal together, which I guess is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then Lavan gets up early, kisses everybody goodbye, and then goes home. Mm-hmm. And then there's this really random ending to this parasha. Yaakov halach ledarko, vaifkeu bo malach And then... I guess angels meet with him, and Yaakov says when he sees them, Machane <laughs> two twin camps, two camps. Yeah, uh, so it's very random to me the the appearance of angels and yeah, it's um it's strange to me because
1: he it seems like he's just continuing on his way. It's almost like nothing, like he's just walking and angels of God encounter him and I I almost wonder like you know when you think back and you're like I wonder what roamed the land a long time ago like I wonder what life was like in the time of miracles like you know what I mean like maybe there were random angels (laughs) uh, I don't know I don't know what to think here he just angels of God encountered him he sees them and he says oh this is God's camp Like, it's almost like he acknowledges that he stumbles upon somewhere really holy. And this keeps happening where he arrives somewhere and he's like, oh, my God, God is here. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there was just this sense of Kedusha in the land, like where you can just, I don't know, it'd be really cool. If you could just stumble on pockets of holiness. (laughs) I don't know. It seems really awesome. Um, And then he calls it Mahanaim, and Mahanaim, the translation is two camps. mm -hmm. But I don't know why he's calling it two camps. If this is God's own camp, maybe His camp and God's camp, or maybe God's camp looks like it's in two different sections. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, he says that there are two camps here. Okay. Whether it could be His or whether it could be theirs, and this directly affects. Angels
0: of God. Yeah. I, I, so my original I question
1: it, is why is this here? Right. And then when I then and when I kept now? and why now? And then when I I uh, started reading the beginning of Vaishlach, which is the opening of uh Lamedbet or right after this instance in Lamedbet in 32, we see how this affects
0: his behavior when he prepares to meet Esav. Oh, with the two camps. Yeah. Oh. So to explain what Joy's is talking about uh when when Yaakov sends messengers ahead of him to Asav, um, because I think he's thinking it's time to meet back up with his brother, or he hears that Asav is coming to meet him, I don't know. Um, in order to prepare for this meeting, he separates his whole camp mm-hmm. into two camps. Yeah. So maybe um, that Pasu kind of influences his strategy there. Yeah, he
1: realizes that putting them in two camps, it's kind of like this survival tool or strategy, really, where, you know, maybe more of us will live if we are spread apart or if we're separated.
0: Yeah. Actually, my parents did this really morbid thing when we were younger. Oh if god. they were going away on vacation without us, they would both take separate flights. Oh, my god! <laughs> because in case something <gasps> happened on one of the flights. Oh, my I'm like, you guys god. thought about that stuff? It's so Jewish, I can't.
1: Right? It clearly is.
0: You could say that was so Baishlach of you, Dad. I find it interesting that the Torah uses the word Malach both for divine messengers and like regular old dude messengers. Um, I think it's very interesting that that happens. I, I I always wondered why there wasn't a separate word for like an actual angel or a messenger from one man to another. Because later, well, first of all, we see that Yaakov sees the, the angels of God. So there, I think there's no... They're called the uh, Elohim. Right. There's no debate whether those are angels or not. But yeah. then we have... Right in the next pasuk, he sends messengers in front of him to his brother Esav. Mm-hmm. So there, it's not specified. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if what Yaakov kind? has the the authority to send an angel. Right. But I, I think it's a, it's a male. I mean, it's a human messenger. And the irony is that later in the chapter, when common knowledge and everything that we've been taught tells us that Yaakov wrestled with an angel, Mm -hmm. it specifically uses the word ish, like man. Um, So I find this interplay between divine characters and regular old human homo sapien characters to be very funny on the Torah's part like why the ambiguity i don't i think this also feeds into the idea
1: where the, the, like this jewish idea of like you never really know it's like <laughs> the person you're talking to is the mashiach <laughs> the you know? yes. <laughs> like, or the okay. la, uh, what is it the lamen vavniks do you know about them no, what is oh that? that they're like uh these you know godly messengers among us it's a very hasidic idea okay it's a bu- it's a children's book that my we were gifted by um one of our good friends, a rabbi's wife. is just okay. this idea that, like, among us are these holy people who are kind of, like, anyone. testing our characters, uh, you know, kind of taking the temperature of the generation, seeing if we're ready for Mashiach and things like that.
0: I know. I remember in one of our Beit Midrash's over the summer when we were learning about um, how the Torah plays out in Nivim, mm-hmm. we were talking about how miserable... A lot of Nabi'im were pro- yeah. prophets. Like, they had miserable lives. Yeah. They were that, like, homeless guy screaming on a corner about mm-hmm. how the world is going to end unless we repent. The end is near! Yeah. And then, and then our rabbi was like, it could yes. be. I yeah. don't you know if that crazy guy is a prophet. I'm like, damn
1: it. I have to listen
0: to every crazy on yeah. the Or at least throw him a dollar, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> I supported Mashiach when he was just a guy on the corner. <laughs> right, I, yeah. <laughs> I was one of the early adopters. <laughs> okay. Um. So,
1: okay. He sends the messengers and he says, tell them that I have acquired these cattle, donkeys, sheep, and I'm sending these messages to you to find favor in your eyes. And then the messengers come back and they say, we saw Esav, he's on his way to meet you with him. 400, 400 men. And... The, bum, bum, bum. yeah the knee jerk reaction is like oh man yeah and i think that that's what feels battle. as well Yup. you know 400 by men
0: yeah, he was very distressed he was very frightened so this is where he divides his whole um every everyone and everyone everything to two camps into two separate camps and then his strategy is explained in Pasuktet 9. Yeah. If Esav comes to one camp and attacks them, the other one is left to run away. Yeah. So I have two thoughts here. Okay. Number one, Yaakov is automatically assuming the worst about his brother. Yeah. Again, feeding into this whole narrative that Esav is a Neanderthal, that he's just a <laughs> warmongering like a, And number two. It's coming for him. I wonder what Yaakov was trying to convey to Esav um, when he said like, hey, I have all this stuff. Oh. Um, like he's bragging. Yeah, you it, you stole his beraacha. You stole the beraacha where wealth would have been promised to him. Mm-hmm. What is Yaakov gaining here by telling Esav how much he's gotten? Yeah. Um, I think an answer, maybe an answer to that question, would be the end of pasuk vav, where he says, um, like no matter how much I have.
1: Your opinion of me matters.
0: matters. Like that, he calls him my lord. Like I'm, I'm beneath you. I am at your knees. Like there's definitely a a subservient message happening here, and I think it's older brother.
1: And he does that before he even knows that he has four hundred men. So maybe the four hundred men, like you said, is a reaction to Esav realizing that he's maybe gloating or showing him how much he did. I mean, he does say, "Like I've been living with Lavan." Esav knows on and knows.
0: Right, it's his mother's family. Yeah, he yeah. knows that it's
1: probably ha- probably hasn't been great for him. So maybe right. that's why he included it, but he doesn't nevertheless he does not pity him for having been with Levon um and he's showing up with 400 men. So, you know, the, I think this is where you were headed in the beginning of the episode talking about how we can learn a little bit about you know, when we see hostility towards us. What is a reaction that we can have?
0: Yeah, um, and to to build on that, in Pasuk Yud we see Yaakov praying. So mm. I I remember learning as a as a child, like the Rashi of like this is th- these are you know these are the steps you take when you're preparing for an enemy. Number one is prepare um uh, take care of the women and children make sure that they have a way out make sure that they're protected number two is pray and number three is prepare for battle uh, mm-hmm. or no um uh, offer peace peace offerings and then I guess prepare for battle yeah um which is really beautiful that the Torah is kind of pushing us towards
1: peace like our reaction is not immediately war yeah
0: and and that's that is. Relating to what I said in the beginning of the first thing he does is he makes sure that his women and his children are taken care of mm-hmm. or or that they are protected and that um, everything that happens after this, at least they're safe, mm-hmm. um, which I think is something that we've we as a nation has have held true for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the images online, uh, you know, those cartoons that you see of like... Um, Hamas standing behind a woman and a child and then on the other side the idea of the IDF standing in front of mm-hmm. the woman and the child, like... It's also like common decency. Of course. You know?
1: and, and we, but I think that that common decency is not so clear in the times of the Torah. I guess. Now it should be completely obvious the correct ways to behave, which yes. is nice because it shows that the Torah has influenced um, common behaviors in the world during war
0: yeah. in general or, like, yeah yeah
1: they're, they're just the right way to behave and and it seems like the enlightened world has adopted those things while the
0: i don't know the unenlightened I think world you're allowed to say what do we call it, it? yeah we're good yeah. um and then yakov prays, um which again is something that we do also in times of stress we we remind hashem of who he, who he is to us mm-hmm. Hello, How we are connected say? to him, like who yeah. our forefathers were. He calls him Elohe uh, Avi Abraham, Elohe Avi Itzchak.
1: That's what Hashem. we say. <laughs> yeah,
0: Hashem, the one who says to me, "You are the one who told me to go back to my to my land. You're the one who told me to go back to my home, my whatever, my homeland, and and you'll make it good for me. Like, you know, please rescue me." Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm in this. I'm in this trouble because of you. Kind of is what he's saying, and like, get me out of this. Um, you know, these are all the promises that you made to me. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like what we do on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur every year. Like, because mm-hmm. these things have happened in our history, you yeah. know, remember us favorably a little bit.
1: You say, yeah, you told me that you were gonna deal well with me, and you were gonna make my descendants countless. Like he's, kind of repeating. Abraham and Yitzchak, where he's like, you told me I was supposed to be a great nation, so like I kind of know that you can't kill me right now, but I feel like I'm going to die. So yeah. maybe <laughs> reconcile those two ideas right now.
0: Um, and then the next step is he offers a gift to Esav. But I love how he sets it all up, right? He 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 separates it into groups of... Um, female goats male goats ewes rams nursing camels with young cows bulls female donkeys and male donkeys he gives each of these groups of animal to one servant mm-hmm. and he tells the first guy you're gonna walk mm-hmm. and if you see esav tell him like this is from yaakov your brother he's sending you a gift and then he tells that to each subsequent group, mm-hmm. okay? When you come across my brother. When you come across my brother. Yeah, it's a beautiful procession. And this is very yeah, it's, I think it's... Very, imagine Isav, like, walking along with this 400 men, like, oh, I'm going to get revenge on my brother. Mm-hmm. And then... It's
1: like waves. Yes, um, waves of eroding. goodwill. Yeah, <laughs> yes. if, if you think of like waves against the shore, it's like waves of gifts like eroding at his hatred. hatred maybe vengeance. like, uh, you know, assuaging it. Um, yeah. Which it, which eventually it does.
0: Yeah. Um, I
1: will pacify him with these gifts, so I'm in Pesuka. Uh, uh, 20 i will pacify him with these gifts i'm sending on ahead then i will face him perhaps he will accept me he's still not 100 percent sure if this is going to work so he went ahead and then he camped there in the night and then we get this other aside <laughs> yes which is quite beautiful way to end um
0: so in the middle of the night he 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 sends his family away from him um, I guess I guess he has to be alone for a moment, just meditate on everything before <laughs> stuff goes down. Yeah, um, and then a stranger appears to him. Ish. A man appears out of nowhere and starts wrestling with Yaakov until dawn. Until dawn. Then. When he saw that he could not defeat him, he touched the upper joint of Yaakov's thigh and he dislocates his hip. This kind of, I don't know if you've ever seen Kill Bill, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the five what? point exploding heart technique. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like the angel just like. Whoop, and then. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah Oh, <laughs> she's like. Mm-mm, mm-mm,
1: mm-mm. Yes. She's so. I thought you were going to talk about wiggle your left toe. You know that part?
0: Yeah. I always think when about that. When she's getting out of the coma. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such a great movie. Um,
1: He, by the way, has been in Tel Aviv this whole time. Quentin Quentin in Tel Aviv, just hanging out with his Israeli wife. Mm -hmm. So props to him.
0: Okay. okay. And the stranger says, let me leave. Dawn is breaking. And then Yaakov says, I'm not going to let you leave until you bless me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like until now, we haven't had any indication that this is any sort of divine or supernatural person until we get to the part where Yaakov says, like, bless me. Yeah. How did he even
1: know to ask for a
0: blessing from this man? And then the man asks, what is your name? He answers Yaakov, and then he says, you will no longer be known as Yaakov, but Israel." Mm -hmm. And this is where we get the name of our beloved country, Mm -hmm. of our nation, B'nai Israel. Mm -hmm. Um... You have become a sad a, a, a great man or a prince, before God, and you have won. Yeah. Um, and then Yaakov asks for his name, and the stranger says, Why do you ask my name? He answers a question with the question. Very mysterious. <laughs> he blesses Yaakov, and then we don't... And then he just...
1: Phew. Yeah, and he just disappears. And he names the place Peniel uh, for... Uh, I guess panim, so because I have seen his God face
0: to face, the face of God, I and mean, yes. my life has been spared. So again, like, the, this, you know, to Yaakov, it's very obvious or or very self evident that he just met with the divine. But I feel like to the reader, it's like, where do we get any indication that this person was supernatural in any way? So I have an idea, and I
1: think it has to do with the work that you're willing to put into reading the Torah and how that in, can directly affect our understanding of it. So in Haftalit, oh no, it says, uh, 24, it says, and after he takes his family across the Yabuk and then he returns. And he says, and Yaakov was left alone. So he is alone when he has this encounter. Mm-hmm. And then he has this... Uh, you know, wrestling match with this, we later learn, divine being. And I think that this feeds into Yaakov's experience in his life and how things have not been easy for him. And he's had to wrestle with... Things in his life, he's had to, you know, mm. it, it goes back to him holding on to the heel of Esav because he wanted either to come out or he wanted the behor or whatever he wanted so badly that he is grabbing onto it and he is, you know. grappling with this sense of not getting the bichor or whatever you can kind of interpret from that scene. Like Hashem's making him work for the blessings kind of. It's like that but it's also his own internal motivation for the willingness and the understanding that in order to be with God you have to wrestle with God Uh, and this idea that The wrestling with God, the wrestling with understanding Torah, the work you're willing to put into, you know, being close to Torah, like the questions and the anger and the confusion and the happiness and later joy that you feel when you learn Torah is because of all of the effort you put into it. If you don't put in the effort, you're not close to it. And so the wrestling is actually a positive thing where it brings you closer to God when you wrestle with Him.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that maybe also is why the stranger doesn't give his name. It, it's like, whatever you're grappling with at that time, that's that's what my name is. Yeah. Uh, my name is... It's an experience. For biblical criticism. My name is uh, when bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. My name is... Um, do you believe in Torah Sheba Like whatever it is that yeah. we're grappling with at the time is is the name of this stranger. Yeah, there's wow. actually there's actually a
1: really fantastic fiction book. Um, it's called Here I Am. I believe it was Jonathan Safran Foer, and he writes this fantastic book. It, it's a it's a contemporary fiction book, but it's about this, among other things, this bar mitzvah boy. Um. And his father and his father's, you know, relationship with his wife. And, you know, he, in his bar mitzvah speech in the book, he makes this speech. I believe this was his bar mitzvah portion. Okay. And he talks about the wrestling with God and how, um, you know, this, and and this internal struggle that you have with people. And he makes this comparison, this fiction writer, with the idea that you hold on to things you care about because he was getting divorced from his wife or, you know, wanting to have a relationship with his son. If you don't hold on to things, you lose them. And in the grabbing on to things and the wrestling with things, it's bringing you closer to people that you care about, because
0: if you didn't care about them, you would let go. I think that goes back to what we said about Abraham and Lot, like, Mm -hmm. um, Avraham had no interest in figuring out the friction between their camps because he knew that they were not destined to be together in any way as a nation or whatever and and you said something like what is family family is friction family's figuring it out family yeah. is is caring enough to grapple with the people so that you know that you could live a life together mm-hmm. and 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 I, I think that
1: that's why he merits or we merit the name of B'nai Yisrael. Like, we are the sons of Israel. We have this task of wrestling with understanding. That's our whole, you know, a Torah experience and... and going gem- to cry, Joy. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> is- and the Gemara and the Talmud, what is it but questions. <sighs> but trying to understand what God wants for us, what he expects from us. How does this play out in the world? And and that's why we're called B'nai Israel because this is our job in life. We have to understand, how do we make the world better? How do we understand the things that came before us? And it's by holding on to tradition and by holding on to this
0: practice of learning Torah. Yeah, you know, what's something that's really interesting to me is that no matter how difficult it's been for us to be Jews over the years, mm-hmm. I don't remember anyone, nobody in my family, no one ever saying like, being a Jew is freaking hard. I'm ditching this religion. Yeah, I, there's, there's a pride that we take yeah. in, in our family, in our tradition, in our lives. There's a pride that we take in not like a martyrdom type thing, but in uh, no matter what anyone tries to do we're we're just plowing forward. Yeah, I, I think it I think all of these negative behaviors is
1: justification for our being a light onto the world. And like we see that we actually do have a really important purpose and and it, it, it's really beautiful. Like I the more negative things happen to us, the more I'm like, I freaking love being a Jew.
0: Oh, hey, such a nice <laughs> message. I love it. Oh my God. Yay
1: Judaism <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I don't know, I didn't realize so that I would love learning Torah so much. I just, I just think it's, I don't know, it's great. I don't know what happened in my earlier years to make me think that it wasn't interesting. So boring. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm having sucks. the best time. I think that learning Torah, maybe it's our age in life, maybe it's mm. like our ability to like reflect on life around us and like have, you know, um, I don't know, like more articulation of our ideas, but... God, learning Torah is great.
0: I know. It's now, when so my funny. daughter comes to me with a question, um that was probably answered by some commentary, and I know what the commentator said. I'm like, I don't know. Figure it out, or yeah. go ask Rabbi Seton. What like, do you, you think? Just, yeah. What do you?
1: By the way, she came over to me. They were so our daughters were studying. I forgot which parasha, parasha. and they come over. They run over to me, and they're like. Mom, did you hear about what Lot's
0: daughters did? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Carol's yeah. like we didn't learn about this. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, you were in second grade, yeah. so I can't imagine that they went into but, it with any depth. <laughs> but they're
1: doing what we're doing. We're creating another generation of like female Torah scholars yeah. who are like actually looking at the text and being like,
0: "Whoa!" Whoa. I was, like, I remember Carol brought this up and she, I was like, I don't know. They thought they were the last people on earth. She's like, but still.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know what? I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt the same. <laughs> so here's to our Torah learning. Here's to our daughter's Torah learning. Here's mm-hmm. to wrestling with everything mm-hmm. as Jews. And enjoying
1: it. And and Amen. seeing that that's our purpose. And to many more years of B'nai Israel being successful in everything that we do let's just put yeah. it out there well wow, this episode
0: was so much more emotional than i thought <laughs> Thank you, Joy. all right until next time until next time